0: The, the woman,
1: woman the, the myth, <laughs> the legend. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna do it. Are you? Yeah. Let's okay. It, let's do know, it. I, unless you, unless you have a big objection, I'm gonna. No, do it. I think it's hilarious. It's, I love it. I think okay. it's good energy. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business.
0: A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed.
1: Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey
0: all rule!
1: If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats?
0: Well, we both agree. That must be the reason. Why not
1: let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no now,
0: now, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah!
1: Yeah! Yeah! Hi, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. I'm your boy, Steven Smith. I'm here joined with Aliyah Ismail, the woman, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <sighs> all right no <laughs> alia thank you so much for being here alia is a therapist and she is going to kind of walk me through a bunch of therapy related things so um we're gonna have a really good discussion today because we're gonna be talking about mental health okay. we're gonna be talking about it from a lot of different perspectives all different avenues um Aaliyah is an amazing resource alia thank you so much for being on the show
0: Thank you so much for having me, Steven. Oh
1: man, this is so good. She smiles and she's like, "That's her name," like to me. I don't know.
0: It's smile. Is smile. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's 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 We have what to she live is. up to
0: our names. Yeah,
1: you do. Now normally, guys, we have a fact or fiction section where we ask, where we give five statements, and then we ask the guest mm. if they think it's true or false, right? But we're not gonna do it like that. This time around, we're going to do it just a little different. Okay. We're going to be asking the... We're going to be presenting the statements throughout the show. All right? So let's start with number one. All right? All right. I'm ready. And Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so number one. One in five young people aged 13 to 18 has or will develop a mental illness in their lifetime. One in five people aged 13 to 18 has or will develop a mental illness in their lifetime. True or false?
0: I would say probably true.
1: It's 100% accurate. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, a, it's inevitable. I just didn't know exactly what the numbers are. It could have been one in three. I would have said true.
1: Wow. Is it that widespread mental, mental illness among youth?
0: I would say that, especially during teenage years, they're so tumultuous sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think we, we think that mental illness is something scary or something abnormal, but mm-hmm. it's so much a part of our life we all will go through at least depression at one point in our life. Wow. And so teenagers, for example, they're in a prime state of development where that could probably happen, where things are going on at home or at school and they're trying to fit in and they're trying to develop their identity. Mm-hmm. And it's also the time when if they do happen to develop something a little more serious, that's going to show
1: up. Wow. Wow. So like in your experience, I mean, I, I don't know how widespread your acumen would be in terms of how long you've been doing it, but... Is it more prevalent now um, in the youth, given social media and stuff, that people kind of develop more mental illness? Is it that we are moving away from more mental illness, or are we moving toward more mental illness?
0: That's a really hard question to answer, because I think what's changed is that we're talking about it more. Oh. So it, I'm sure it existed from the beginning of time, which it did because we know about healing practices, traditional healing practices around the world from all different cultures. So mm-hmm. these things have existed they may be they may have been called something else correct uh they the solution will also have been something else but i think the way that we're talking about it happens to be more pronounced especially because of social media oh. people are posting pretty freely about correct stuff. yeah so maybe it's just how much we're talking about it
1: and it's so interesting because i feel even like our celebrities now are so much more like open about a lot of psycho, like their, their psychosis and going through different things, There are even like some rappers who are now saying like you know I, I, I go through it
0: Kanye yeah, yeah.
1: Kanye, like and, and looking at him and stuff it, I don't know if people have the this, this, this sort of empathy that they should have toward people like that. like I still hear some people comment that like it's an act like he's acting. I'm like, how could you say like he's acting <laughs> what about how would this bring him any like gain? You know what I mean? I mean, do you see that? Like like how do you as as a therapist, like how do you view like celebrities who are going through like this kind you of stuff? You know
0: what's really interesting? Artists and creatives do tend to see the world differently. So oh, wow. they may actually they may actually get the diagnosis of bipolar disorder mm-hmm. a little bit more frequently because in a certain state that brings about they're able to be so creative in that state, in that manic state. So we don't have to put a label on it, mm-hmm. but we can we can notice when we think about painters, when we think of Van Gogh, when we think of artists around the world, they experience a different level of reality. Oh. And so we can either choose to pathologize that and say there's something wrong with them, or maybe that's just how they're able to be so creative.
1: Like that's like a big part of the creative process for them. It
0: could be, yeah.
1: Like let me ask you the question and this is kind of a broad question here, but how important is it for us to be aware of, of, of mental health and men, mental illness, especially as a community. Because, I mean, you've worked in a youth center before and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it important as a culture, as a, as a community, is it that we are aware of mental health and mental illness?
0: Well, I mean, on a general level, I think it's important to normalize it and talk about it because it is so prevalent, because it's so common. We talk about physical illnesses really easily. True. Oh, I hurt my arm. Oh, my my hip is hurting. I have to go to the doctor. But we don't talk about this stuff as much because there is a level of stigma. Mm-hmm. And like I was kind of mentioning earlier when we were just chatting there's a reason for why there's this stigma. There's a reason for why we don't talk about mental health easily. Well, what's that? Oh, this you ready for this is gonna be a uh, long answer. Let me let answer. sit
1: back in my chair oh, a little this is bit, be get a little a story. Okay. Hit me. I'm ready.
0: All right. <laughs> so every culture and every tradition around the world has their traditions of healing. Mm-hmm. They have, and it usually includes spirituality. It includes faith. It includes the heart, emotions, it includes the mind, and it includes the body. They've, it's always been holistic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when <laughs> the Europeans decided to colonize a, lot, a large part of the world, they came in with their own philosophy that your mind and your body are split. That what happens in your body is separate from what happens in your mind. And what, what happens in your mind, yes, it's
1: Cartesian philosophy,
0: Descartes from France.
1: Cartesian philosophy. Yeah.
0: Very binary. And you're either angelic or you're satanic type of thing, right? Like it was it was a very binary type of way of looking at things whereas most of the world was quite holistic. Yeah. So then when they came to these countries and these continents, if we're talking about for example the experience of St. Kitts, that mm-hmm. would have been when they came to uh, the continent of Africa, uh, when mm-hmm. they were uh, in touch with the Kalinagua people, the Taino people.
1: And they kidnapped them and brought them over here.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. They also decided, they also found that their ways of living and their ways of healing were considered primitive and backwards. And a lot of those traditions were overtly erased. Wow. It's a form of cultural genocide. So it wasn't just the physical genocide; it was also w- our ways are better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so a lot of things that were normalized, a lot of thing, a lot of traditional healing practices were lost. And so then you have coming into well, I'm not sure about the Caribbean as much, but let's say North America, in more contemporary times, the 1900s, people were pathologized for being black, for being indigenous, for being different for being um, even women mm-hmm. right because it was a way of saying there's a there's a hierarchy yeah and uh, certain races are superior to others and right. that was based in medical science of the time and psychiatry of the time
1: isn't it amazing how you, you could fashion you know these 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 sciences to kind of do whatever you want yeah because even when you look at these studies back then it's like Utter ridiculous stuff. It's like, oh, there's a part in the back of your brain that's smaller in black people compared right. to white people. I'm like,
0: the skull. the skull d- measuring. Yeah, they did all kinds of things.
1: God, okay, Car- carry on. I'm listening because.
0: So I'm, I'm I, get. So when you mm. think about it, when medicine and biomedicine and psychiatry was used to oppress people, was used to institutionalize them. If people were trying to start uprisings, they would be diagnosed with something. Correct. Um, and institutionalized or women when they started to speak out about their rights were also institutionalized, institutionalized yeah. So from the time of colonialism up into very contemporary times, there is a major distrust of the mental health system.
1: Yes uh-huh. And so it's science in general really
0: general because it's
1: been used to oppress people so for so long. Yeah.
0: yes. And so there is that disconnect right of why we it's so hard to talk about but then there's also a part of us that might, Myself included, from where I come from, a part that's missing around what we used to do, what we used to, the ways we used to heal that we're not in touch with anymore.
1: Wow. Um. <laughs> so the binary principle that the binary principles that you're talking about, because I, I, I don't know, I could see them more or less existing in not just like, you know, like, like science, but in, in sort of religion, in religion as well.
0: In the way that it was practiced. In the
1: way that it was practiced. But even the yeah. way that it was preached is that, you know, sort of, you know, deal with whatever you have to deal with and then, you know, at the end of it, you're going to go to heaven and you're going to be fine. Like, th- that's a very binary, very separatist sort of way to look at it. Like, your body is going to suffer, that's fine, accept that. You know what I mean? You're going to feel sad, accept that. It's all worth it because at the end, when you die and your life is over, you're gonna be, you're gonna be happy. Like be sad no, you'll be happy later, right? Right. And, and I do I do see the philosophy in it on a different level in that sometimes making a sacrifice now makes your life easy in the long run, but that's existed on the plane that you're gonna survive long enough to see the fruits of this sacrifice. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 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 if you don't like if if you decide okay today. I'm going to not eat for, you know, the next 24 hours. I'm going to eat only, you know, cardboard for the next two (laughs) weeks, right? And lose a lot of weight. Like, that's okay, I guess. Like, that's a good sacrifice. Paradventure, you live long enough to see it actually work. Right, right. But then the promise is that if you endure this now, you're going to live long enough to see it work. And it doesn't work? You're 40, 50, and you're still unhappy? Mm. It just feels like you're, buying, you're bought into something that didn't, didn't really work. Didn't really work. But, I mean, again, I see, I see the binary principles. But then how, how then, I mean, colonial, colonialist, that colonialist regime, how did that, like, kind of mess up our mental health? Like, how did that, cause, I mean... That's, that's a that's, great question, and there's
0: multiple answers. The first is ancestral trauma. If you come from a history of enslaved peoples, of people that were tortured, of people that were... Their their traditions, their cultures, their languages were erased. That's a, that's a form of ancestral trauma. That gets passed down even genetically. What? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
0: and also sometimes in behaviors. Culturally. But, and culturally. Mm-hmm. But the part that is also missing again we can talk about it as mental health but it's like being in touch with your roots again is healing being in touch with what you've lost being in touch with ways of healing that maybe that don't necessarily fit the eurocentric framework you know maybe for example in the caribbean way dancing and liming is healing oh wow mm-hmm. and you know it's so interesting that they're coming out with studies now that trauma is stored in the hips. And the way to release it is moving your hips. And what do you do in the Caribbean? No way! That, what? Yes. It's very backwards. They come, they they see these cultures, they say, oh, you guys are backwards. Then they come up with new research and say things like, oh, meditation is great. We should do all this kind of stuff. People have been doing it for centuries. and Before they thought it was weird and yeah, satanic. Did, yeah. And then they say, oh, this is great. And then now they have research to prove that it's great. But at what expense? Because
1: we've lost so much years. Like, my dad doesn't even really believe in, like, the ancient... Like, not even ancient. Like, just, like, herbal healing and stuff like that. Like, he doesn't... He's like, why, why go through that when you could just take a pill? Like, I mean, modern technology, it's it's done it. You just take a pill, you feel better. Why you have to boil grass or do anything like that? And I'm like, but, Pop... Like these things come with side effects. He's like, "Yeah, but we don't know the side effects of the herbs, you know." I said, "But the <laughs> herbs are natural. <laughs> the herbs is natural, man." But I I don't know. That's that's because the thing is, you you have this generational trauma now being passed from level to level, and even the abuse level is is passed because the way that we discipline um children mm. is is to me like I I don't un- I don't understand. It's like If you think about it, why are we, this child is defenseless, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Why do
1: we need to, you know, put excessive amounts of force into discipline? They're defensive. What what are they going to do? Are they going to, are they going to, are they a threat to you? You know, it's amazing how we traumatize, we re traumatize the next generation. You know, when I was growing up, corporal punishment was still very much in school. So when you did something bad, Mm -hmm. they would literally have a teacher with a belt that would come down and beat you in front of the entire class. Right, right. So imagine the levels of trauma that you are, you're experiencing. You're not only being embarrassed, but you're being hurt. Like, literal physical wounds and the scars of, like, authority. Like, how do you look at authority, authority. Mm-hmm. when you've been oppressed, like, lately? Like, you know, right. like, how, how do you even connect with the previous generation who allowed this to happen? I mean, you, you 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 hear people have, like, a lot of vitriol and so for their parents or for, like, older people, and you wonder why. But why are you wondering why? The previous generation scared them. It wasn't... It's not that we saw the colonialists beating us. We saw our own people beating us. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry if that made you, like... No,
0: em- no, but it, it's the reality. I mean, I was just... I was just reflecting on the pain that, that is in your words, that is held in the body.
1: Oh, wow. So I need to shake my hips a little bit more often, maybe? <laughs> um.
0: No, but you're speaking for a
1: your lot. generation, yeah. perhaps.
0: You know, a lot of people in your generation.
1: Correct. And the thing is, it's weird because we still want to hold on to this, like... Oh, the reason why the kids are out of control is because, you know, capital punishment is out the schools and stuff. And it's like, is that really it?
0: Like, is Ever. that really
1: why they're not coping well? Because we don't beat them as much. We were beaten a lot. Did we like it? Did do we think that it really helped? Cause I mean a lot of the times like you would you would you would go through corporal punishment and they wouldn't necessarily explain anything to you. It's not like um, you're learning any lessons. Mm-hmm. You're just saying, "Okay, I can't let this person see me doing this." Y- you know what I'm saying? Like like
0: Yeah, you just want to avoid it. Just
1: you avoid didn't... being caught. Like right. it's not that you're avoiding the actual thing because you don't see what's wrong with the thing. Like I found it very difficult like there was some of my friends who like really got into drugs like a very early age, like 16, 17, like into heavy drug use, right? hmm And one of the things that I always wondered is like, okay, this person is into drugs, they are getting beaten. Like if any adult sees them, they're going to get washed out. Washed out meaning licks, blows, um, beatings, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they still use drugs. The only thing that changes is that they were like, okay, I can't use it here. right. But I'll just use it behind the wall over here.
0: (laughs) You just learn to be smarter. Correct.
1: I'm not gonna get caught. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like even even as a teen, like sexual endeavors was like that too. Like people having sex is just don't get caught having sex. Right, right. Because if you get caught, you're gonna get beaten. But it's not like you're gonna learn why this is wrong. Right. Or why this is detrimental to your own like, you know, development. You know Sure, sure. You just like just get beaten. And the parents feel great. Like, I sure they feel like, yeah, man, I gave him a... Yeah, set him back on the right track. No, you didn't. You just took out your frustrations on a defenseless child. There's a lot of pain in my words for children. I'm looking at you and I'm like, oh, God, what is this? Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot here. There's a
0: lot, yeah.
1: I had one experience one time. I went to the UK with my mom. Um, and... We went to this amusement park, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that I experienced racism in any way, shape, or form. Like, like, racism in such an overt way. And it wasn't even... I mean, I had to think back on it to really realize how much it kind of affected me. But Yeah. So we went to this amusement park, and it was me, my mom, um, my aunt, my brother, and my sister who was in, like, she was in that stroller, right? And they went on a ride, so they filled the ride. Mm-hmm. So I stayed back and so, said, okay, I'll go with the next, ride. And this thing could like hold like I think it's like 12 people. Like it was like a roller coaster water packy thing, right? Pa- roller coaster pa- water pack. So they went ahead of me and I jumped in, you know, in the next ride thing. Like, 12 people could hold on this thing. There's a line that is going back like Man, it would take you at least 30 minutes to get on this ride, right? Okay. And I jump on. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, these people are going to just jump on. And it's, like, all white people behind me, like, all white people. Nobody jumps on the oh.
0: ride.
1: Like, nobody. And I'm looking around, like, and the guy's like, anybody else? Because he's like, nobody jumps no. on this thing, right? <laughs> and and I'm you were like,
0: young.
1: I was, like, I was 14 years old. And I, I didn't understand it. Like no. I, I was like, yeah, but it's... Even if you don't want to sit down in the same row as me, there's, like, several rows behind me. It's, like, two people per row. And 12 seats. And nobody gets on, right? And I didn't internalize it at that point. I felt like I just, like, okay, whatever. But then, like, a couple of days and I was like, Nobody got on this ride. What the hell? Right. And I, t- I told my aunt about it, and she's like, yeah, they don't, really, they don't really like us up here. I'm like, they don't really like us. How heartbreaking is that? It was weird. It was weird, and it's like, you know, you're in the UK. I guess you shouldn't really feel too, too weird or out about it. They don't really, yeah, they don't really, like, you know. They don't reach for other cultures there easily. They're very, you know, xenophobic Mm-hmm. I find at least very mm-hmm. xenophobic, right? So you shouldn't really feel weird, but I was fourteen. I didn't understand the cultural that much of the cultural differences that exist between because when they come here, we treat oh. them Oh, of course. wonderfully. so it's, it's like all inclusive, yeah, sure you could come. Of course you can come, Timothy, like, yes, have fun? Right? <laughs> um, but it's like it's like, yeah, that that was weird to me. It was strange and
0: that you're not extended, not even not the courtesy, but you're treated so badly.
1: Correct, like, like it's like a, like a sort of like alien vibe, like yeah, like you would catch something if you're too close to me. it's weird, it's weird. I don't know. It's a know. hard
0: lesson for a fourteen-year-old, right?
1: It is, but I, I guess, I guess in the reality of what exists in our world, it, it, it probably is a lesson that you, you would have to learn, like. To, to be able to experience that and not respond, you know, in an in a angry way or, like, or anything. Like, you, you, you have to be able to be kind of bigger than that situation, which is a lot to ask.
0: That's a lot to ask. I was angry for a long time, and I still am. <laughs> oh, you are? <laughs> oh, yes. yes. therapy? Of course.
1: I think one of the things that I learned recently is that therapists also um, have issues. Like- <laughs> Like, I thought, like, with knowledge, like, yeah, man, you beat that.
0: I mean, you know, with injustice, I don't know how you can't be angry. And anger is not... It can be a really useful emotion.
1: Tell me, how could anger be a useful emotion?
0: Well... (laughs) with anger this is how we defend ourselves this is how we rise up against depression this is how we make changes in our lives whether it's a toxic relationship whether it's um revolution whatever it is um changing a job to you know leaving one for another it's anger can be a great motivator
1: or to to get you from one place to the next yes
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. We, why do we see why do we then see anger as such like a dangerous a dangerous thing? I think people try to stay away from it as because much as it
0: there are situations where it's been channeled to hurt other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it does depend on how anger is channeled.
1: So channel it for good. It totally can be like that. That's how we 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 raid the streets and throw up a placard and said, change the rights. You know, <laughs> Very right fight for rights. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think there's, there's sometimes so much trauma associated with, like, visualizing anger that I think a lot of people try to stay away from it. Like, mm-hmm. as much as possible. I see it as a sign of weakness or, 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 not weakness, but something to be feared. Right. Because if you've been hurt by somebody who's been angry, you tend to, like, want to not, you know even like not be like that yeah Yeah. so you see anger is like a problem
0: yeah i know it's got a really bad rap because of that but it's so necessary like it's a necessary part of the grieving process Mm. and we all go through loss right whether it's the loss of a hope a dream a job or a person through death anger is such a natural part of the grieving process
1: it is Oh man. Okay, cool. So we're gonna uh, go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's getting deep. It's getting deeper here. Um I I think I'm saying a lot. Um number two. Okay. <laughs> right. Um Alzheimer's is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Alzheimer's is the leading cause of disability worldwide. worldwide. True or false?
0: Wow. I honestly don't and Aaliyah know the answer to this question.
1: Aliyah is thinking about it. She's she put up her thinking hands.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think about because Alzheimer's is chin. later in life, and how many are there? Is there a larger number of people with Alzheimer's <laughs> at this point in time in the world? True, I'm going to say false. It actually is
1: false. Oh, you're batting 100 on this, oh. like you're doing amazing. Well, two out of two, two out of two is 100 <laughs> still. That's 100%. Um, the leading cause of disability world weight is depression. Mm-hmm. Why are you not surprised by this? Oh,
0: I, I, I wouldn't consider condo. it a disability. But yeah, the, this, that is the most common thing. Everybody in their lifetime will experience depression. Everybody. And if you tell me you don't, I think you're lying. <laughs> at some point in your life, uh-huh. I think people might experience... It doesn't have to be severe, but some form. There's Double mild, depression. there's moderate. I think at some point people are going to experience it. It's just a natural part of life. It's just like saying some at some point in your life, you're going to get sick. You're either going to get a cold... You're going to get the flu. You get pneumonia. There's different severities, but of you're going to get something. You're going to get
1: something, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, like I don't know. Is it, is it that depression? And this is probably a terrible question to ask because I don't think it has a real answer. But is depression worse as you get older? Uh is it, is, it, is, it, is it less bad? Like, like, Like as you
0: get older? Like, like elderly? As get,
1: like as you get older, like adulthood, like compared to being a child.
0: Hmm. I would say that when you're a child, you don't have the coping strategies or the language yet sometimes mm-hmm. to express what you're going through, mm-hmm. so it may people may not recognize it in a child or they may not be able to communicate what they're going through whereas adults probably have more resources available. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, like gathering off the top of my head. But at the same at the same time, people who do try to end their life are usually adults adults yeah yeah
1: and and the thing is i don't know if the weight of depression as you get older like is 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 worse because there's more input for depression like like i don't know if there's more maybe i'm not saying maybe
0: or is there more stigma like you can't talk about or you seem inadequate or you feel less than because you're depressed
1: yeah like like and and maybe you feel like you shouldn't be depressed, you know, like yeah. There's the guilt. There's my the life guilt. is
0: good. My parents were yeah. Hard. I eat I every everything. day.
1: Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I I have some place to sleep. Like, why am I de- like depressed? You know what I mean? Like the other day, I did this this um interesting um little social experiment in my small little group of friends. Oh yeah. Yeah, and basically I asked them like, when you're at your lowest point, like who do you reach out to, right? Like who do you reach out to when you're you're in your lowest point, right? And I was really surprised with some of the answers. Like, most of the females, right, they had, like, like, choices, man. They were like, I could talk to my sister, I could talk to my mom, I could talk to my boyfriend. God yeah. came up a lot, um, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, but there's so much different avenues that, of people that they could reach out to. When I got to the guys now, most of them had maybe one person. Some of them, had nobody.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was like,
1: yeah. so if you're at your lowest point, it's like, nobody cares. And I have to admit, like, like some part of me, I, I resonate with that a lot. Like, if I'm going through my lowest point, I tend to try to get out of the lowest point before I speak about it. Like, I'm not like, hi guys, I am so depressed, this is killing me. You know? Right. It, it, it Which is ba- I think it's awful. But, to not say. Because if you need help, I think you should you should definitely go out and get it. But for me it's like if I'm at my lowest point, I just tend to want to be by myself and mm-hmm. like introspect and introspect and how could I change this? What do I need to move around? Do I need to like separate myself from this thing? Or like like I don't know if that's coping. What is that called? Like when you do that, when, when you, you kind of self isolate? Like you 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 tend to isolate a bit but then you are trained to solve the problem on your own.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Mm. I would put it like that.
1: Okay, thank you. <laughs> wow, that's 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 wonderful. But I think like for a guy it's like you don't want to uh, maybe it's cultural I think it's also how men are socialized yeah. versus women.
0: Yeah, maybe it's Like that. the messages you get about having to be strong, Correct. having to problem solve, having to shoulder everything, you're not if if you cry, you're you're considered feminine. Feminine or weak. And that's, that's not... It's not... Cons- yeah, I mean... It's not manly. Right. And the opposite... And and so, like, you're not... Anything that's associated with women, you should not be.
1: Which is really sucky. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like women are strong as hell. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be able to deal with half the things that some women deal with. I don't think so at all.
0: But then in that case, there's less <coughs> coping, right? There's less available...
1: Resource. language tools
0: people Correct. because of those beliefs so that hurts too it
1: does mm-hmm. and and you again it's like i i've started calling it duty what do you call it duty duty yeah mm-hmm. like 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 you just have to do your duty like you have responsibilities and right whether you feel like it or not i, I remember when i was younger I, I i used to have this job um at 15 right mm-hmm. and my dad one time i told my dad like pop, I don't feel like to go to work today. And he's like, why? I said, just, I don't feel like it. I feel exhausted. I feel, I I don't feel motivated to go. And you know what he tells me? He says, just go and you'll feel better while you're there. That's, that's, that's the advice my father did. If I'm feeling mentally drained, just go and you'll feel better while you're there. That's what my father told me when I didn't want to go to work, right? And that's what he knew. And that's what he knew, right? And, you know, since then, I'm like, I don't feel like to go to work today. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to work today. Because, again, it's like it's the, I have the duty to perform. Like, I have a responsibility. And I don't know if that's inherent manliness or if it's just a broken system that kind of perpetuates, like, work over everything. I don't know mm, what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. sometimes you do it and you're like, I I do feel better because at least I'm engaged. I'm not thinking about how exhausted or how I don't want to be here because I have to engage in being here.
0: Right, right.
1: But is that just self-soothing a bigger problem that you have not wanting to go to work?
0: That's a great question because, yeah, how do you know within yourself what that line is? Because, sure, there may be instances where it is good for you to go, and distract th- through work but then when are you doing it at your own expense when you're pushing yourself capitalism whatever it is um make this money i don't know yeah, what is it i what? i think i probably both but how do you know inside yourself which one it is one i think that's the that's the part that everybody has to figure out
1: it's tough it's tough because sometimes it's like sometimes it's like okay i'm doing my duty but if in case of the in case of the little experiment that I did, like you know like if you're doing your duty and you're like a hurt soldier like and you have nobody to to reach out to like mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. it's not good either like you you're mm-hmm. cultivating a community that exists thinking that you are infallible and that you're all strength and that you're all courage and stuff but it's that's not true like you are. You, you do have weak points. You do have yes. points where you need yes. help and an ear and so. but you don't have any resources to reach out to when you're at your lowest point. I think that's something that, that needs that needs to be, like, addressed. Well, you're doing it now. Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> Guys, seek help. I don't and know. The fa- and
0: the fact that you, you already started that with your friend group, that mm. plants to seed that, oh, this person doesn't have anybody to reach out to. Maybe I'll check up on them. Correct. Or now that I've talked about it, can I reach out to you? Correct. That starts something, and then it grows. It expands, and
1: people listening to this may want to do the same thing. I think you should. I think you guys should ask. Like when you're at your lowest point, who do you reach out to? Because there's some people who you think are fine. Like I don't know. Like like I was surprised by the people who said that they didn't have anybody. Like, and the reasons that they gave was that nobody cares. Like nobody wants to hear about me and my problems. Like Mm -hmm. that was the that was the kind of responses I got, and I, I I was I was like but. I see you as, like, a superhero, like, you don't ever look sad or anything. You know what I mean? I've never thought about you going to Alois Point at all.
0: So the fact they, they admit it is a they acknowledged it, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I do think, though, that, like, when, you, when, you're, when you're doing stuff like WhatsApp and stuff, like, it's so one-on-one.
0: Uh-huh.
1: People tend to be a little bit more open than they would normally be in a group.
0: In a group, yeah. right, right. Like,
1: I don't think, like, if you ask this question among men in a group, that they would be as open. Mm. They'd be like, yeah, man, I'll just talk to somebody. Uh, they, they would brush it off. Like It's right. eh, not a real question. But, like, if you ask them, like, on a status or something, and they respond, it's like, yeah, who cares? Like, I don't have anybody. That's weird. That's weird. And, again, no woman said this. Yeah. At all. Like, everybody had somebody. Oh, I have my husband. I have my mom. I have my brother. I have my friend, Sophie. <laughs> that's weird, man. It's it's it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a bigger it's it's root to a bigger problem, but it's just interesting to me those findings.
0: Yeah, definitely a gender socialization thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Men, men be self-reliant. That's what they tell us. All right, number three. We're almost done. Wow, this is crazy. Uh, Number three, almost done. That's like (laughs) (laughs) midweek. All right, half of all mental illness. Well, I think you answered this before, but let's it's here, so let's talk about it. Half of all mental illnesses show early signs before persons turn fourteen years old. Half of all mental illnesses show early signs before a person turns fourteen 14? years old. No, I would say that's false. It's true.
0: Before fourteen. Before fourteen. Onset of like diagnosable illnesses are at least seventeen. Maybe I, maybe there's something out
1: there I don't know about. There's a lot I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> and they even went Ooh. on to say, and three quarts of mental illnesses begin before age 24.
0: Yeah. But again, mental illnesses in terms of situational, like we all go through some situational depression versus something that's a little more genetic versus something that's, you know, related to trauma or addictions or... There's so many ways to develop mental illnesses. There is.
1: There is. So social pressure, like and the thing is, you know, when we, when we were younger, like, I don't know how old you are. And I'm, I'm guessing you're like 24, but anyway, uh,
0: <laughs> I'll take that, you know, you that, that's, it, baby, that's it. fine. All right. So,
1: um, um, the thing is, right. Like when we were younger, I experienced bullying. I don't know if you've ever, I did. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why they chose to bully us. Yeah, but anyway, I,
0: know. We're I, <laughs> I was such a nice guy. I don't know. I was just trying to
1: make jokes. I don't know. Um, but when I experienced bullying, bullying would stop when I left school.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. But nowadays, this, with cyberbullying, the bullying continues. Right. It's even more, like, voracious. Yeah. When you leave the compound, like, when you're not within sight of this person. Totally. They literally make your life. And the embarrassment is not limited anymore to a, a social circle, a, a physical circle. Like, people literally seeing you being abused. That's not it anymore. It's on the internet for all Public. time. Public, yeah. Correct. So they're, they're literally making an, a fool of you or embarrassing you in front of hundreds of thousands of viewers. Like, like I have, I, I don't question this. Why, why wouldn't you develop like symptoms of serious mental illness like before you're 14 when you're using computers and stuff when you're three years old? Right. You, you, I, like, it, it astounds me. How a three-year-old could navigate around (laughs) a phone better than their mothers and fathers. Oh, for sure. At three. At three. What are we raising? By the time you're 34, you should be solving cancer. Like, (laughs) like, like with the levels. Like, I never had this. Like when I was growing up, we watched TV. It was like a very passive put on the thing and go outside and play bat and ball.
0: I remember the dial-up internet.
1: (laughs) You had to wait. I didn't even experience that until I was like, what, like seven, sixteen? 16? Yeah, much older, 15, 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I first learned about the internet. At that time, my father was paying for 10 hours a month.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> I now? cannot imagine oh. it now. <laughs> 10 hours, what is 10 hours? I
1: use 10 hours in a day. Like, and that's not even a nice thing to say, but I'm on the internet all the time. I'm on the internet right now. We y- can't not be. Anymore. Like, I don't know. As a therapist, how, is, how do you think this is going to affect us? Because if I leave my phone at home, I don't. I feel completely d- like, naked. Like this, like <laughs> naked and like I'm going through some weird withdrawal here. Like,
0: it's become an addiction. It's become an
1: addiction. Like we, we get so fired up now, right? If, if the power goes mm-hmm. and there's no internet and there's no way to charge the phone, it's pandemonium. For sure. Like how dare you? How dare you turn my internet off for, my my power off for twenty four hours? I have to charge my phone. Stop it!
0: And you'll get you'll have so many missed calls and messages. Like-
1: Correct. And, and the thing is, <laughs> when you have it, like there's not that many missed calls or messages. <laughs> but it's like just the, the the fear of missing out, like this yeah. formal level yeah. every day. Like how is that? I mean, how do you see that kind of playing out on the consciousness, like culturally? How is this gonna is going to affect us like these things that we have glued to our hands i
0: don't have all the answers (laughs) you don't have the answers i mean what i do see is well people feeling socially isolated because you're not connecting on a human level or a person-to-person physical contact as much necessarily but also the lack of balance i think that's Mm. that's something maybe we we could work a little harder with Having more balance in our life in terms of social interactions, being in nature, connecting in different—we want to be connected—and so technology is such a great for, way for us to connect, to connect. Yeah, but it's not always the type of connection that we need. It's we not want, the only yeah. type of connection we need. It's true, we need some of us need spiritual connection. Some of us need human physical connection, connection contact. Correct. Um, with our surroundings, whatever it is, so I think it's just about how do you balance your connections. Yeah, how do
1: you do? It? Like, how do you balance it? I think you're right. I think I you're right because the, the digital is not enough. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a long distance relationship. You have? a, a, a,
0: a We're not gonna get into anything uh, like that. Okay. Right
1: now. Okay. Great. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's alright. I, I don't think. I don't <laughs> think. I, I've been in a few, and I don't think I could do it anymore. I, mm. uh, and I think people, what people want is they want a safe distance away from hurt. They mm-hmm. want a safe... So they could always say, I, we're not together. You know what I mean? They, they want to be so fluid in the situation that if this goes south... We have an out. I, I was never here. Yeah. Like, I was an assassin. I was in, I was out, I was never here. And I find it being more prevalent now. Even in the dating market, it's it's very... Like, younger women especially, just, it's just like... Like what? Yeah, we ain't gonna wear sick. And I don't know, it's it's like it's like the pleasure, let's beat the pain with pleasure, right? As much as possible. Right. Let's just get as much pleasure. Let's let's get yeah, that's high... That's a good way of putting it. Let's have as much sex as possible and just beat the pain. Just beat it. I'm not gonna f- and and pretend that we're in a relationship but not really call it what it is. Like we're gonna have the Back and forth, we're gonna be texting all the time. You know what I mean? And but we're not gonna give it no label, the respect
0: that it deserves. No, we're not gonna
1: give it the respect that it deserves. And it's weird because then, if there's no buying, especially if, I don't I don't know I can't speak for women, but if there's no buying, like there's also no commitment. There's nothing. There's we could spend three years doing this, and it results in us not being any closer as as a couple,
0: yeah. Ugh.
1: Ugh, I know. It's messy. It's, <laughs> it's messy. very messy. Maybe I was born in the wrong time. Maybe I needed to <laughs> grow up maybe in the sixties and seventies where, like the first woman that you fell in love with, you just marry, <laughs> and then we work it out. That wasn't used uh, to work out no, so good that, for the
0: women though. No, no, no. A, <laughs> that, was bad, that was a bad
1: time. I don't think there's any time in history where They're, it worked out well.
0: But it raises a good question. Why are we so afraid of pain or, or getting hurt when that's such a human natural... It's it's almost like there's something wrong with you if you feel hurt or if somebody did you wrong and and, and you feel hurt. There's, there's this like... As if there's something inherently wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you.
1: There's a lot of... There's a lot of learning from hurting. There's a lot of... You had a breakup and you need to reassess and reevaluate and readjust or accept yeah. that life doesn't happen the way that you want it to happen all the time. It's or accept or forgive. Like forgiveness isn't mm-hmm. true pain. Like, how do you forgive if you were never hurt?
0: How do you grow? How do
1: you grow as a person without like being let down and disappointed sometimes? I'm not saying you you need no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying in spite of not because of yes like I am you're not
0: glorifying pain no. but you're saying yeah like, it's a natural, a natural part. part
1: yeah like babies fall down all the time they cry and they get up and they walk it's not as a result of somebody kicking them down or wanting them to be punished it's
0: you know maybe you're making me think maybe this is uh, the reason why like you were saying beating the pain with pleasure where there's this lower tolerance for distress at all. We're not supposed teachers are not supposed to correct your your child at nonsense. school. Um, y- your child needs to be comfortable at all times. times if yeah. I don't get the iPad in 5 seconds I'm going to cry and I'm then some you know I don't know is there is there like a an entitlement that we have to be happy all the time? All the we time. have to be comfortable all the time.
1: Yeah, and it, I think it it erodes I think what makes humans great, which is discipline. Like like the the antithesis to me of discipline is entitlement, and you know that's out of that that's out of its need for constant soothing. Like you need discipline. How are you going to achieve anything without discipline? Mm-hmm. Like if something is handed to you, like how do you work for it when it's handed to you? When it's like, here you go, here is success, here is eight million dollars a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then yeah. we, we see the we see the attributes of, of what happens when people experience that kind of level of entitlement. They become anti-human, they become unempathetic, they feel justified in injustifiable in things.
0: Right, like, right.
1: how do you hurt somebody? You, you look at a human crying, you know that you're causing them pain, and you feel no remorse whatsoever. That is an entitled human. That is a person who's never had to really work for anything. hmm Because they don't, they don't relate to that experience. Ex- right. And that's your fault because you're poor. Because poverty is your choice. Or you're weak.
0: Yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely.
1: That kind of rhetoric, like you, you get into that kind of rhetoric and you start asking, how do you say that? How do you say that? Like, oh, like how do you believe that? And you realize you have to believe that in order to do certain things, you have to believe that people deserve things happening to them. They right. deserve right. poverty. Right, right. You're a lower human being than me, so therefore you should be poor. hmm You should live in the slums. Mm-hmm. I should continue to pollute your water because... You're you substandard human being. Mm-hmm. The only way to believe these things is if you ha- you have to erase the you have you cannot be connected to humans. You have to be something else.
0: Just Dis- yeah, disconnected from humanity.
1: And entitlement does that because you oh, don't yeah. work for anything. Mm-hmm. All right, number four. Um, one more than one in four adults living with serious mental illnesses also. Struggle with substance abuse. More than one in four of adults living with serious mental illnesses also struggle with substance abuse. That true or false? would be
0: true. Yeah,
1: it's true. That is, that is awful. That is I awful. I was actually
0: having a conversation with somebody about this. I mean, numbing the pain again. If you can't talk about it, if you don't know how, if you don't have the support system, if it really, if it was that bad. If that's what was modeled at home, drugs is a good way to numb.
1: Numb it, yeah, numb the pain away.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And just addiction in general, like, I don't know, I don't know if you you've realized it in, in your you know in your practice, but like even like addiction to pornography and sex, mm-hmm, and, yeah, like people get addicted to like everything. You now. it's like everything is like I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it all the time. All the time. It's just hyper.
0: This dopamine addiction. Yeah. Like, I need to be... Again, I think it's this belief that we're supposed to be happy all the time. But we're, as human beings, we're not... I don't believe we're designed that way.
1: I don't believe so either.
0: We're not designed to be happy all the time.
1: <laughs> I don't believe so either. And, and, and I think, like, even rampant consumerism, like, we are buying things to be happy. Yeah. And I don't know if we realize, like, how shot of a happy like the whole short of an experience that sort of happiness is mm-hmm. like a billionaire would buy like a yacht and is completely like unenthused by it in like what like an hour like a dare maybe like like it doesn't bring any fulfillment it's just the fulfillment sometimes for me it, i have never bought a yacht, so you don't know if it's fulfillment <laughs> is. It? I, I'm not gonna pretend on you this know, podcast. I, for scientific <laughs>
0: purposes, you know, I, I can someone can loan me some money for a yacht just to uh, see what it's just like. To yeah, what just to like. see what it's like.
1: We need to get Aaliyah a yacht, guys. Yeah. If you're out there listening, she this needs pers- a yacht just for scientific, for scientific reasons. <laughs> she needs to do this study. It's gonna be for the good of mankind. <laughs> But it's true, like, like, like I'm going to just use um, my own experiences, like, buying anything. Um, mm-hmm. In the Caribbean, you have to kind of wait for things yeah. To, to, yeah. to get here, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's not like Amazon to their shipping. It's more like a week, right? <laughs> but anyway, I found that my enjoyment or, like, my anticipation of the thing is much more, full, like, not fulfilling. It's much more, in, like, I feel much more enthusiastic in the waiting period for it versus the actual having of it
0: oh yeah the delayed gratification correct
1: and when i get it it's like oh it's here okay good because you already have it there's no more excitement to like yeah it's like okay i'm gonna get a car tomorrow oh my god i can't wait to get this car tomorrow it's gonna be great okay it's gonna (laughs) be awesome it's gonna be awesome and you drive the bmw for like literally it's like okay it's mine now. Like, I don't have, like, like other people would look at it like, dude, you drive a BMW, what the hell? And he's like, yeah, man. And you're so cool and nonchalant because it's already in your possession. There's uh-huh. no more anxious, there's no anxiety. Not oh, anxiety yeah. not there's, anticipation. There's no anticipation anymore. The anticipation is the rush. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. whew, whew, whew. okay, I'm going to get it now. I have the keys. I'm going to turn it out. Oh, my God, that's so good. Okay, I'm good now. i don't know why that's so symbolic of other things but okay Um, all right number four um one more than one in four adults living with serious mental illnesses also struggle with substance abuse more than one in four of adults living with serious mental illnesses also struggle with substance abuse that would be true yeah it's true that is that is awful that is I was awesome. actually
0: having a conversation with somebody about this. I mean, numbing the pain again. If you can't talk about it, if you don't know how, if you don't have the support system, if it really, if it was that bad, if that's what was modeled at home, drugs is a good way to numb.
1: Numb it, yeah. Numb the pain away.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And just addiction in general. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you you've realized it in, in your you know in your practice, but like even like addiction to pornography and sex mm-hmm, and yeah. like people get addicted to like everything now it's like everything is like I need to do it I need to do it I need to do it all the time all the time it's just hypo
0: This is dopamine addiction it, like yeah. I need to be again I think it's this belief that we're supposed to be happy all the time but we're, as human beings we're not I don't believe we're designed that way
1: I don't believe so either
0: we're not designed to be happy all the time
1: <laughs> I don't believe so either and, and I think, like, even rampant consumerism, like, we are buying things to be happy. Yeah. And I don't know if we realize, like, how short of a happy... Like, how short of an experience that sort of happiness is. Mm-hmm. Like, a billionaire would buy, like, a yacht. And is completely, like, unenthused by it in, like, what? Like, an hour? Like, a dare? Maybe? Like Like, it doesn't bring any fulfillment. It's just... The fulfillment sometimes for me it, i have never bought a yacht, so I don't know if it's fulfillment. <laughs> is it? I, I'm not gonna pretend on you know, this podcast. I, for scientific
0: purposes, pre- you know, I, I can someone can loan me some money for a yacht just to uh, see what it's just like. To yeah, what just it's to like. see what it's like.
1: We need to get Aaliyah a yacht, guys. Yeah. If you're out there listening, she this needs a yacht just for scientific, scientific reasons. <laughs> she needs to do this study. It's gonna be for the good of mankind. <laughs> But it's true, like, like, like I'm going to just use um, my own experiences, like, buying anything. Um, mm-hmm. In the Caribbean, you have to kind of wait for yeah, things to, to, yeah. to get here, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's not like Amazon to their shipping. It's more like a week, right? <laughs> but anyway, I found that my enjoyment or, like, my anticipation of the thing is much more, fullf- like, not fulfilling. It's much more, in- like, I feel much more enthusiastic in the waiting period for it versus the actual having of
0: it oh yeah the delayed gratification correct
1: and when i get it it's like oh it's here okay good because you already have it there's no more excitement to like yeah it's like okay i'm gonna get a car tomorrow oh my god i can't wait to get this car tomorrow it's gonna be great okay it's gonna (laughs) be awesome it's gonna be awesome and you drive the bmw for like literally it's like okay it's mine now, like I don't have, like like other people would look at it like, dude, you drive a BMW, what the hell? And he's like, yeah, man. And you're so cool and nonchalant because it's already in your possession. There's mm-hmm. no more anxious, there's no anxiety. Not oh, anxiety yeah. not anticipation. There's no anticipation anymore. The anticipation is the rush, like it's like, mm-hmm. whew, whew, whew. okay, I'm going to get it now, I have the keys, I'm going to turn it out. Oh my God, that's so good. Okay, I'm good now. i don't know why that's so symbolic of other things but okay Um, but yeah they have a little note here they said substance abuse may sharply increase um symptoms of mental illness or even trigger new symptoms yeah wow abuse of alcohol or drugs can also interact with medications such as antidepressants anxiety medications mood stabilizers correct making them less effective at managing symptoms and delaying recovery Correct. So imagine you're using that to sort of like bring about some relief, but it's actually extending Causing the problem.
0: Yeah, especially for young people, in teens, early twenties, that could be the precipitating factor for a dormant type of mental illness. <sighs> I know, it's I've seen it with my own eyes. That's why it's it's heartbreaking.
1: How do you how do you um, deal with your own because I mean, you seem very empathetic. Like I'm like how well, do thank you. F- you. Oh <laughs> Is it an act, Aliyah? Are you here? Um but how do you how do you deal how do you decompress? Like how do Because, I mean, you would have to deal with other people's issues and I don't think people really take care that, you know, our mental health professionals also are experiencing a lot of these things mm-hmm. with the patient. Like how do you how do you decompress? How do you stay healthy?
0: That's part of our training, actually. Part of my training was learning how to do that. And it didn't come naturally. Mm. At first, I used to dream about my clients. I used to think about them all the time, worry about them. Um, But that's not sustainable. Um, You can't even continue in this field. You'll burn out super quick. Super quick, quick, yeah. So I had to really condition myself to be like, thinking about them and worry about them isn't going to help anything or anybody. And so... When I'm present with them, that's the most I can do. That's the capacity. I also had to really get my beliefs very clear about Mm -hmm. why I believe people suffer. And that's still not very clear, but I had to come to some... Do some digging in terms of why do people suffer? How do I understand it so that i can sleep at night (laughs) yes because
1: you need to be healthy because i need to be able to to help others yeah
0: yeah so and then it it came with time where of course i have my own ways to cope i have my own support system i i i'm so thankful to have some great therapists fellow therapists in my life who we talk about these things with each other and so over to you know especially when i was new in this field that helps so much To be able to share that with people who also understand it, who get it. And once in a while, and so for the most part, I have a really good separation between my professional life, Mm -hmm. my personal life. Once in a while, I'll get a situation or a case where, yeah, I'll I'll feel that way again. And I know I have to work through it.
1: Wow. Wow. Because, again, as you said, there would be some cases that just kind of stand out.
0: They stand out, sure. And we have to get our own therapy, too. We have to practice what we preach.
1: Oh, really? So you have to... of course.
0: Therapists must also have have been in therapy. Mm -hmm.
1: What? Mm -hmm. That's great. That's
0: actually... I didn't know that. I thought... We have to know what it's like to sit on the other side of the chair. And that's a really interesting experience. You gain a lot more empathy for the people sitting with you. Like, how much courage it took for them to come come sit with you yeah Yeah. because when i had to do it (laughs) i did it a couple times you know a few i mean two different therapists i had yeah
1: and that experience was just like it was hard i think i think that's why people don't want to go like is it i think sometimes people are afraid of the the answers you know what i mean like 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 to be courageous and to say What's going on with you? Like, do you really want to face that demon at all? Like mm-hmm. like sometimes it just seems like it's easier to just not face it. Sure. It's like like I, Yeah, I don't know. it
0: is hard. It takes a lot of courage. College, yeah. Like to, do you
1: really want to be ready? Yeah, do we wanna do it? And do then this?
0: you're going in front of a stranger. Like again, this is a very Eurocentric model of healing.
1: Mm. And so
0: a lot of us people, people of color, are trying to hybridize, I guess. Yeah traditional ways or collectivist ways with this type of talk therapy. Because it, it doesn't fit everybody and mm. it shouldn't. It wasn't mm. made for everybody.
1: True. Some people rather go to church and just like let the Holy Spirit...
0: And if that works for them so be it.
1: I think it... I think... I think we don't play a lot of these things like... Like we, like. I go to a Pentecostal church, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I see it different. Like the older I get the more I see it different. Like it's catharsis for some people. The release... Of of praise and worship and you know even being filled with a holy ghost you know what I mean that could kind of allow you to just get rid of some of that energy it's a physical yeah it's not it's not just saying things it's like there's an affirmation to it yes but there's also this physical relief. Like I would see women like like throw themselves in the air and like roll around on the ground and scream and mm-hmm. cry. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know what they're releasing. Like we don't know what they're dealing with. They mm. could be dealing with some serious... And uh, usually they are dealing with some serious stuff. Yeah. And the words, they, they don't have the tools to start expressing exactly what's happening and why they feel the way they feel. So the screams and the... Being filled with the Holy Spirit and all of that, it, 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 that could be what keeps them sane.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, Aaliyah, we have one more and then... Okay. Okay, let's do it. All right, bring number five. Bring it on, five, bring it on. Number five. Okay. A study found people with mental illness tend to be more violent than persons unaffected. A study found people with mental illness tend to be more violent than persons unaffected. True or false? False. It's absolutely false. It's 100% false.
0: It is 100% false.
1: People with, men- with a mental issue are, general- are generally nonviolent. Let me say that again. People with a mental issue are generally un- nonviolent. In fact, only 3 to 5% of violent acts can be attributed to people with a serious mental illness. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth.
0: School shooters are not mentally ill. Oh, I know. That's controversial to say.
1: Say it again! I didn't know that either. I thought they were definitely, definitely mentally ill. I don't know why. Like, we just... Yeah, you gotta be mentally ill. Like, if you're gonna kill that much people, like, something has to be wrong with you.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people that may disagree with me. And the research, pers- the research that I've done, I would say that they're not. Um, I would say that it, it's attributed to ideology. Oh. They're indoctrinated, usually on the internet, uh-huh. um, by incel groups, white supremacy groups, other types of groups that have a specific ideology and they're encouraged online. They're not i they people think they're lone wolves or that they're they're isolated people. They're not. They have an army of online people encouraging, encouraging
1: them. them, yeah.
0: And and giving them tips and th- and so there's there's some people out there who you know. I don't know what the profile is, but they it's not a lot of people like you were, like we saw who are mental who have mental illness are not necessarily violent. A lot of people who are bullied don't always bully people. A lot of people who are sexual abused don't always go and abuse others. Mm. Um, sometimes it happens, but not always. And so, it's I think it's a slippery slope to just attribute violence or you know. Terrorist acts, acts yeah. as Mentally being Ill. mental illness because it's not. It's usually ideology.
1: So that, that means that, that what you're saying is it's more a product of a community versus a product of an individual
0: yeah. facing some yeah. sort
1: of mental issue.
0: Yeah, it's like they're indoctrinated into a belief system. I believe that I'm supposed to I
1: rectify or yes. m- course correct mm-hmm. the community and therefore I'll do this to show them Mm-hmm. or to to make a protest sort of that is yeah. i've never seen it that way i i have to admit that has a lot of weight to it to me so alia thank you so much for joining me on this podcast i had such a good time me too um, talking to you, and <laughs> i hope it wasn't like pulling teeth it's like this guy sitting over from me asking me all these questions um that's exactly what i was thinking i know no. i know i know <laughs> i see it in your eyes all the time it's like alia that's what you felt and that's okay that's okay. We'll no, get better. Steven, in time. I'm
0: really happy to be here. I Thank you so much for taking a chance on me.
1: Um, Abba. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those um, weird jokes. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just gotta take it, take a take a chance. Yeah. And thank you so much, Ali, again, for being on Patrick's show. I really did have a good time Me too, Thank you
0: so much, Stephen. All right.
1: So, guys, thank you guys for listening as usual and peace. No gang signs, guys. Take it easy.